The Productive Woman, Episode 382. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to follow up on last week's episode about getting organized, and we're going to talk about getting our time organized. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 382. This episode is brought to you by UCI and by Calm. If one of your goals this year is to advance your education and or your career, remember to visit ce.uci.edu slash learn now to see how the University at California Irvine's Division of Continuing Education can support those goals. That's ce.uci.edu slash learn now to find out more about their programs. And I'll talk a little more about them later. But right now for this ad break, I want you to take a moment to survey your thoughts. What are you holding on to? Let go of your to-do list and pending projects and just focus on your breath for a moment. We all need a few moments in the day where we are at one with ourselves and calm can help. I am so pleased to be partnering with Calm this year, the number one mental wellness app to help give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Using Calm, you can clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and for adults. If you go to calm.com tpw, you can take advantage of a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming with new content added every week. That's the subscription I have that I use that helps me get to sleep on the regular. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, and you can do so as well. You can sleep more, stress less, and live better with Calm. And for listeners of the Productive Woman podcast, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off their premium subscription, go to calm.com slash TPW. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's library. Once more, that's calm.com slash TPW. Now let's get right into our topic. As I mentioned at the beginning, We're following up this week on last week's episode about getting organized. This is sort of getting organized part two. And this week, I want to take a look at getting our time and our commitments organized. Last week, we were talking about organizing our stuff and our space. This week, it's about our time. Many of us uh, have more things to do than we have time to do them. And without a system to keep track of all these things, these commitments and these time Uh, time-sensitive kinds of things and the tasks and projects and an intentional framework for curating them, it's pretty easy to become overwhelmed, to start showing up late to events and, and commitments, 
and even miss important events. I don't know if you've ever been there where you've just completely forgotten you were supposed to be somewhere at a particular time. Hopefully not. But if that's happened to you and you want to sort of get organized so it doesn't happen again, that's what this episode is about. We're going to look at some of those, some things we can do to make sure that's the case. So before we get into some uh, specific tips and ideas about getting our time organized, I want to review a little bit of some of the stuff we talked about last week in kind of part one of getting organized, um, starting with remembering the definition of getting organized. And we can talk about how it, this week, how it applies to time and commitments. And so if you remember, or if you didn't, haven't yet heard last week's episode, we talked about the definition of getting organized, what that means, starting with the, the Merriam-Webster online dictionary definition of getting organized, which is to arrange one's things or one's affairs so they can be dealt with effectively. And, you know, we talked last week about how that applies to organizing our space, but obviously it applies to our time, to our commitments, to the things we're doing as well, to get them uh, arranged in such a way as we can deal with them effectively. And we also talked last week about a blog post on the Blue Key World website, and there'll be links to these things in the show notes, by the way. And that post said, genuine organization is taking control of disorder, getting a grip on the chaos and the mess, and doing something about it. Arranging disorder into something coherent and logical is what it means to organize. And I think you can see how that can apply to our time, to our schedules, to the commitments that we make and the, the, the things that we're doing. And finally, uh, from Cindy Reston's blog, she says, being organized means that you are overcoming the hindrances that keep you from doing all you need to do. And I really like that kind of take on getting organized. It's not just a, a random uh, nebulous sort of thing. Oh, I got to get organized, but there's a purpose for it. It's to overcome those hindrances that get in the way of us doing all the things we need and want to do. And as we talked about last week, the benefits of getting organized, uh, getting our time and our commitments and our schedules organized are many. The, the satisfaction and confidence that comes from doing what you say you'll do. Um, we can avoid the embarrassment of being late or missing an event altogether just because we didn't have a system in place to keep track of those things and manage our time so that we could, in a timely fashion, be where we said we were going to be. And there's just a, a level of calm and peacefulness that comes from getting our schedules and our commitments under control. So those are just some of the benefits that can come from getting our time and schedule organized. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the tools that we use to organize our time. And I have to start with a caveat that is there is there are no magic tools that will fix a chaotic schedule for you. The best tools are the ones you actually and consistently use. It's it's easy when things seem kind of chaotic and out of control to, to go out looking for some tool or system or, 
or, or something that will fix it for us, that will magically m get everything in order so that we no longer feel chaotic and out of control. But it's simply, that, that doesn't exist. There's no one thing that's going to work for everybody. Uh, but there are three categories of tools that I think we all need to have to one degree or another, if we're going to have our time, our schedules, our commitments organized in a way that we can live a peaceful and calm life, do the things that are important to us without, you know, without embarrassing ourselves or being late or any of those sorts of things. So the first tool uh, when it comes to organizing your time and, and probably the most important one is simply a calendar. And there are so many options for this. You could totally go down a rabbit hole uh, in looking for the perfect calendar or, or, you know, something like that. And again, there is no perfect one. The one that's perfect for you is the one that you like and will use. But among the options are a simple wall calendar with big squares where you can write everything in it. This is what we used for years when our kids were little. This was back in the olden days when, you know, we didn't all have smartphones in our pocket with a digital calendar. Um, we just kept a calendar. I, every year I would look for a, a calendar that we could stick up on the refrigerator or on the wall near the refrigerator with big boxes. So we, there was space to write everything, uh, every commitment, every appointment, every meeting, every, everything that came up, uh, when the kids were all home and, and little and, you know, the, everybody knew if you had needed to be somewhere, especially if you needed me to get you there, it needed to be on the calendar so we could always look at it. Everyone knew where everyone was supposed to be. And that's a very simple system that works really well if you um, spend most of your time at home, uh, you know, where you're, if you're not working at an office separately, if you work from home and your family's, you know, you're, you're working from home, um, a wall calendar like that can be a great tool for getting yourself and your family organized. Another option is a paper planner. Lots of people use those. Most of them come with a, a calendar section, either monthly, weekly, or daily calendar pages. And those are great tools. And then, of course, there are digital calendars like the Apple Calendar or Google Calendar, different things like that. I've been using the Happy Planner for a few months and really enjoying just the fun of kind of writing things down with it with a pencil or, or a pen but my primary calendar is digital and it has been for years because it's mobile it's with me everywhere i go um right now for the last probably 2 years i've been using fantastical as my primary digital calendar and i'll put a link to that in the show notes i, I think there i think it's a paid subscription. Um, it works really well for me because it's easy to use. I like the way it looks and it syncs all my different calendars, including my work calendar so that I can look in one place and see every appointment, every meeting, personal and professional all in one place. And I can make sure I don't, you know, double book myself or something like that. Whichever tool you choose, you need to have a calendar if you want to get your time and your commitments organized. And I'd say start with the simplest one, one that you like the look of, one that you know that you will use, and just start from there. And the calendar is really the key tool for getting your time organized. 
And the way I use mine is the way I recommend you use yours, whichever type of calendar you choose. And that is a a real simple rule. Every appointment, every meeting, every conference call, every time-specific commitment goes into that calendar the minute it's made. I don't wait. I don't think, oh, I'll remember and put it in there later. It goes in there immediately. Obviously, the date and time, because that's where you put it in the calendar. But when I enter a a commitment, uh, I also make sure I describe it in a way that makes it clear to me, to, to future me, what this appointment is for. So I don't just say doctor appointment. I'll say, you know, follow-up, uh, surgical follow-up with Dr. Liao for my knee surgery. And I'll put the address where I'm going. Uh, and I do that for a particular reason. Even if I know where the place is, I put the address in because it allows me to take advantage of a, a feature of my digital calendar, which I'll mention in just a minute. If it's a conference call, I put the phone number or the dial-in information. I put a note of what we're discussing. So I don't just ever put conference call. It's going to be conference call with so-and-so regarding such-and-such. Because I have many calls throughout the week for my legal practice. And in order to be prepared for a call, I need to know who is it that I'm talking to and what are we going to be talking about? Which deal is this about? Um, Because I'm not going to remember, you know, a week later or two weeks later, whenever this comes up. So be, you know, specific and put the information into the calendar entry that you're going to need when you sit down to make that call. In fact, if it's a conference call about a particular document, I'll attach the latest draft of that document or the checklist or whatever it is we're talking about. Uh, that's one advantage of a digital calendar is you can actually attach that document right there to the calendar entry so that when it comes time to have that call, everything you need for the call is right there in one place and you're not going to lose time looking for where's that document we were, or which draft were we on or whatever it is. So uh, make your calendar entries useful to you um, so that you don't lose time trying to remember who you're talking to and why you're talking to or what what the appointment is for, those sorts of things. And as I mentioned a minute ago, if it's an appointment outside my office or outside the home, I put the address of the place, even if it's a place I've been to many times. And the reason I do that is it allows me to use in my digital calendar the, the travel time feature. So um, my calendar allows me to... Uh, if, if there's an address in there and uh, I can say where I'm starting from, usually it's from my home office, it can calculate how long it will take me to get there. And it puts that into the calendar as well as travel time. So that if it's going to take me 30 minutes to get where I'm going, I need to be ready to leave, you know, at least 30 minutes before the appointment time if I'm going to be on time. So you, if you use a digital calendar and it has a, a, a travel calculation or a travel time feature, definitely use that. That's a, a key way to make sure that you're, you're not going to be late to the appointments or, you know, schedule overlapping. If you schedule a conference call for the 30 minutes before a meeting that's 20 minutes away, you're not going to be on time, right? So use the travel time feature of your calendar and make that calendar work for you 
every appointment, everything goes in there. That's the most important thing I want you to get out of this. Don't, don't ever think I'll remember to add that to the calendar later. Take the, the 15 seconds to get it in there immediately and then make the entry useful to you. And the other thing you can do with digital calendars is to set alarms. I use the settings in my calendar app. It automatically sets an alarm for 15 minutes before an appointment or a meeting. And I can adjust that to have an earlier alarm, you know, if I need more time to prepare. For recurring kinds of things like birthdays or anniversaries, I set the automatic notification or the alarm for a week ahead of time to give myself time to, you know, grab a birthday card and get it in the mail or, or whatever I need to do for that event. So use those features to help make your calendar work for you if you're using a digital calendar. So first tool that you need to get your time organized absolutely is a calendar. The second tool you need to get your time organized is a good task manager. This is a a place where every task, everything you need to do that's not time specific, not for not an appointment for a specific day or or time, but a task, a thing you're going to do. This is where those things get written down. And it can be analog, it can be as simple as a notebook or something, or it can be a digital task manager, depending on what your preferences are. But you need to have some place to capture all these tasks, the things that you need to do. Uh, I think you need a couple of things, a, a master list where you capture every task when you think of it. I use OmniFocus for this, but a notebook would work great. And the nice thing about a notebook, uh, you know, a paper notebook or a, a paper to-do list is you get the satisfaction of physically crossing things off as you complete them, which is, which is kind of fun. OmniFocus is great. It's a, a great resource for managing projects and tasks. But when you mark something complete, it just disappears. So you don't have that nice list of, look at all those things I did. So there's a, one advantage to paper. And in addition to the master list where everything goes and you can, you know, kind of organize them and we'll talk a little bit about kind of how you manage that. I, I think it's helpful to have a separate kind of today list, the specific things off that master list that you intend to accomplish today. It's obviously going to be much shorter and you won't be distracted by seeing all the other things on the list. If you've decided ahead of time, here are the, the, the three to five things that I'm, I'm going to get accomplished today. And that's what your focus is on throughout the day. So definitely having some sort of task manager in addition to your calendar is very useful uh, as a tool to making sure you stay organized and getting the things done that are important to you. And finally, I think you need a, some sort of note-taking solution. And this is a place to capture ideas, bits of information that somebody gives you, um, you know, anything that's not a day and time specific thing that would go onto your calendar or a, a task that you're going to do that goes into your task manager. Having some sort of note-taking solution, some place to capture all these ideas you have or, or you know, if somebody gives you an address that, that you write down or directions to somewhere that you're going, you write a place to write that down. 
A notebook works great for this, or a note-taking app on your phone can also be good, or on a, on a pad or on your computer, uh, I mean a tablet or your computer. I like drafts. I also like the Apple Notes app. Uh, as you know, if you've been here for very long, I like Apple devices, and so I'm pretty into the, the Apple ecosystem. And the Notes app is really useful. There are lots of things you can do with it. Um and lots of ways to organize your notes. But the, the key is to have one place where you put these sorts of things so you don't ever lose time trying to remember where did I put that that idea that I have? Where did I write that down or that p- key piece of information? You have one place you always go when you need to jot down a note, whether it's a notebook or an app. Let it be one place kept where you can always find it and, and that added to your calendar and your, um, your task manager, those are the three key tools, I think, that we all need to have in order to get our time and commitments organized. Then talking about different approaches to organizing our time, there are different ways of, uh, you know, techniques we can use, approaches to getting things organized. And I thought I'd share just a couple of them. The first one that came to mind is what is referred to as GTD. It's based on David Allen's very important productivity book, kind of one of the first big ones that I really knew about called Getting Things Done. And that's what GTD stands for, in case you hadn't heard of that before. It's a great book to read. He's He's got a very detailed process for managing our time and our commitments uh, but it boils down, uh, I recommend that you read the book if you haven't, it, you can learn a lot from it, but it's very detailed and very, um, very specific in the approach that he takes to getting organized. Uh, but it boils down to following a kind of a routine and developing habits of capturing information, processing it, then acting upon it, and regular reviews of this information that you've captured. And he goes into detail about each of those steps and how you can uh, effectuate them in your own life. Uh, I'm not going to go into great detail here about it. I think, I think I've talked about it in prior episodes way, way back several years ago. But even if you don't follow his very detailed process, the concepts that he talks about that I just mentioned are are important to incorporate into your system of capturing information. That's what we were just talking about. Uh, when you make an appointment, writing it down or, or entering it into your calendar immediately, you now have captured it, captured the information. Same thing with when you have an idea and you jot it into your notebook. That's the capture phase. Then processing it is you know, you have an inbox where you've put all this stuff and you periodically need to sort through it and decide, am I going to do this thing? Am I not going to do this thing? Am I going to delegate it to somebody else? Uh, again, in the book, he goes into the, that whole, um, into detail about how you do that. The third step, of course, is acting on it, actually doing the things, making the, the conference call, doing the task and marking it off your list, et cetera. The fourth step is regular review, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Whatever system you set up for organizing your time and your commitments, 
wherever you've captured all this information, it's not very helpful to you if you don't periodically look at it and remind yourself what's there, what's next, what am I going to do next, what needs to happen, how do I prepare for it. So the review step is really important. I think I use a a modified version of David Allen's GTD process, definitely the capture step of it and the processing it and sorting through things, making sure I know what's coming up next. And the review is the the key piece for me, uh, looking at my calendar regularly to see, all right, what's coming next, what I need to do to get ready for it, or reviewing my task manager to make sure nothing's slipping through the cracks. Uh, But the the GTD process, whether you use it full-fledged the way he describes it in the book or some version of it, is a really good approach to getting your time organized. A second technique that can be really valuable is time blocking. And we've talked about this on the show before. I think, uh, I forget which episode it was, but we'll put a link in the show notes to the episode where I talked with Susan May Warren, an author who uses time blocking to write her books and to, and to get the other things in her life done. That's one place where we talked about this. The idea of time blocking is that you look at your calendar and you block out or set aside blocks of time for certain projects or for similar types of tasks. You actually put on your calendar a chunk of time for a project that you need to work on or whatever it might be. And so maybe as an example, you block out an hour each Friday afternoon to take care of administrative tasks, or maybe you block out two hours on Wednesday mornings to run all your errands, uh, or, or you block out 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon uh, to process your email that's that's an example of blocking out time for a specific task or type of task and using it for that. So you're prepared for it and you're focused on it. Uh, it's really important for us to, to block out time for the creative work we need to do or what Cal Newport refers to as deep work, that the kind of work that requires focus and concentration can't be necessarily done in little random chunks of time. And so if you want to make sure that those things get done, blocking out time, putting it on your calendar is the way that that can happen. And giving yourself these bigger chunks of time that you've scheduled and prepared yourself for gives you time to really deeply focus on and get into whatever it is you're doing instead of trying to deal with things in little bits of time here and there without a plan. So time blocking is a really useful technique for getting your time organized. Another version of this is something called themed days. I first heard about this from Mike Vardy of The Productivityist, uh, and I'll put a link to his uh, his website in the show notes and also to a post where on his blog where he talked about themed days. I, I'm not saying he invented it, but he's the first one I heard talk about it. And basically the concept is that you give each day of the week an overarching focus. So an example might be for if you're a writer or or a podcaster or something like that, you have a day um, where the theme is content creation. And maybe that's the day when you work on your book or, uh, you know, the, the focus of that day is creating content. 
Maybe you have a, another day of the week where the overarching focus or the theme is meetings and you try to schedule all your meetings and appointments on that day. Another day for where f- the focus is administrative work. Or maybe you want to have a day where the theme is self-care and this is going to be a day when you schedule you know, getting your hair done or a massage or time at an art museum to just soak in the the beauty there, whatever it might be. If you have a themed day for learning, you know that's coming and then you can plan ahead for how you're going to use your time on that day. And, you know, when I heard Mike, I've talked with Mike about this, the idea of themed days doesn't mean that's the only thing you're going to do all day. You know, it's not going to be all administrative work all day long on Tuesdays or uh, learning, only learning on Fridays. That's all you're going to do that day. Most of us don't have that luxury, but it's a focus for the day. And one of the nice things about that is that when something comes to mind that you want or need or think you should do, but it's not the day for it, you, you can defer that task without feeling guilty because you know, well, today's Tuesday and I thought of this thing I need to do, but that's an administrative task. And I've set aside Thursdays as my admin day. And so I'm going to take care of it on that day. I'll write it, write it on my little list and know that it's going to be taken care of and I don't need to worry about it today. So that's one neat thing about theme days is you can kind of have a focus for the day and allows you to, to defer things and group them, which gets us into the next technique that I think is really helpful for making good use of our time, and that is batching tasks. And this kind of can go hand in hand with time blocking or with theme days. The idea of batching tasks is just what it sounds like. It's about doing a group of similar tasks together. We lose time, we lose attention, we lose focus whenever we switch between tasks So minimizing that switching helps our brains and us to be more efficient and effective. So for example, if you're, uh, you know, on a particular day, you've got a to-do list that includes the following. You need to get a package mailed. You need to send or reply to four important emails. You need to call your mother, pick up a prescription. You need to make a doctor appointment for your child or yourself need to drop off some clothes at the dry cleaner and you've got to have a phone conference with a client. You've got a list that's written out like that, but rather than switching back and forth among these different types or modes of tasks, it would be more efficient to batch them. So set aside some time to sit down and do all those emails, all those four emails, all, you know, one after the other, make all your phone calls back to back. So you're in phone mode and do all the errands at once. Instead of running out to mail your package, come home, make some calls, uh, then leave again to drop off the dry cleaning. Most of us wouldn't do that anyway, but, but if we do, if we're not thinking about it, it's easy to sort of be jumping back and forth from one kind of task to another, where if we take a minute and we look at this list and we think, okay, these things are the same kind of thing. I'm going to do all of these. I'm going to batch these because you save time setting up or putting away. The the most friction in any project or task is at the starting point. So you can take advantage of momentum if you batch similar tasks. You only have to set up and get started once and then you just kind of not, you know, roll through and get them all done. 
Uh, it promotes better focus and attention because you avoid that loss of time uh, that comes from switching back and forth among tasks. And it can reduce stress because instead of, you know, to use our example, 10 separate items on the to-do list, you actually only have three groups of similar tasks. You're going to make some phone calls, you're going to do some emails, and you're going to run some errands. And that feels a little less overwhelming and a little less stressful than 10 separate tasks. So those are just some examples of techniques that can be used or approaches to uh, managing our time and organizing our, our tasks and the things that we're doing. And finally, I wanted to share just a few quick key principles for organizing our time. And uh, the first one is write things down. I've already talked about this. Time-specific commitments like appointments, meetings, conference calls, go into your calendar with the relevant info right there. Tasks go into your task manager. Ideas, thoughts, random information you'll need later go into your note-taking solutions. But the key is to write things down instead of trying to carry them around in your head and remember them. It makes sure this, this one thing, if I could have ask you to do only one thing or make only one change to your way of managing your, your life and your time, it would be to develop the habit of writing things down. It's, it's the best way to make sure things don't get missed, don't get forgotten, and it reduces the stress and distraction of our brains trying to hold these things. As it has been said many times before, our brains are better at having ideas than they are at holding them. So learning to write things down right away can make the hugest difference. So that's the first uh, key principle. The second key principle is use the concept of purging that we talked about last week with respect to our space and our, our possessions. It applies here as well. Be really intentional about what you say yes to. Uh, start with the premise or the question that, that only you can answer for yourself is, what kind of life do you want to live? I want to live a peaceful, calm life. I want to accomplish things without a lot of stress and chaos. And so that is having a, that picture in your mind of the kind of life you actually want to live can help you when you decide how to curate the, the commitments and the activities and tasks that you take into your life. Keep it in mind when you're responding to invitations and requests for your time uh, and ideas about projects and tasks to take on. Curate those just as you would your possessions. Um, choose the ones to the, to the best that you can. I mean, things come into our life that we need to do, whether, whether they fit into our grand picture of, of our life or not, but to the extent you can control it, and most of us can control it more than we think we can, be intentional about those things. When you're given an opportunity to, uh, to attend an event or participate in something, ask yourself, how does this fit with my goals and with the, the kind of life I'm trying to create for myself and my family? And purge the things that don't fit to the extent you can. The third key tip would be to be realistic about what you can get done in a day. And this is going to be really different for all of us. It depends on the stage of life you're in, 
your current circumstances, including your health and your energy level. I can do things now at this stage of my life when my kids are all grown and gone that I couldn't, I couldn't get as much done in a day when I had five young kids at home. So take, take that into account as you're, as you're looking at the options for how to schedule your day and what you can do, try to be realistic and certainly don't compare yourself and what you're accomplishing to anybody else and what they're accomplishing. Their life is not your life. Their path is not your path. Walk your path, live your life. It doesn't matter what other people are doing or not doing. And so in terms of being realistic about what you can get done in a day, couple of key things. Try to focus on your top three MITs, your most important tasks uh, each day. Instead of trying to start the day with a miles long to-do list and a bunch of appointments, try, try to identify the top three at most five. But I, I, I encourage you to start with just those three MITs. What are the three things uh, that I need to do today that are going to make the biggest difference for me, for my life, for my family, that will um, move me down toward my goals and that sort of thing better than any of the other possibilities. Write those down, focus on those. Now, if those get done and you still have time and energy for more, you can always go back and look at your master list for something else to do. But start with those three key tasks for the day Instead of, you know, starting the day with that miles long list that, you know, you can't get completed in the amount of time you have for the day, be realistic and be, be, you know, be fair with yourself. The second thing in terms of being realistic is to leave white space in your calendar. None, we can't always avoid those two full days. We all have them from time to time, but try really hard to leave space between your appointments, for instance, or meetings even if it's just 10 minutes to allow yourself time to get a drink of water, use the bathroom and and gather your thoughts before you jump into the next meeting or call or appointment. So give yourself, you know, time to get your thoughts organized before you go into new meetings. Leaving white space is important because life happens. And if we've scheduled our day down to the minute of completely filled, there is no leeway for if a meeting runs long or the toilet overflows or a friend needs a shoulder to cry on. You've given yourself no cushion uh, and it's, uh, it's an invitation to uh, being late, to stress, to, to a pretty miserable day if anything doesn't go according to plan. And I don't know about you, but you know my days often don't go according to plan. And, and so you know, I'm a fan of time blocking. We just talked about it, but I'm not so much a fan of filling the entire day with blocks. We all need downtime. Uh, even the most, you know, energetic of us needs some time to revamp, reorganize our thoughts just to catch our breath in between activities. So be realistic about what you can do. Certainly, you know, do the things that matter to you, but just try to be realistic and don't beat yourself up if you filled up every moment of a day and you can't keep up. I certainly can't when I do days like that. 
the fourth principle to keep in mind is to use the simplest tools and systems that get the job done. Getting organized does not have to be complicated or require complex or expensive tools. Tweaking our system and playing with new tools uh, can often be a procrastination technique. And I'm raising my hand here because it's more fun for me to try out a new task manager than it is to actually do the tasks on my list. And maybe you've been there too. So instead of trying to develop this elaborate, complex system, just stick with the basics, a calendar that works for you, a task manager uh, where you can capture those tasks and work your way through them and uh, some place to capture notes and ideas. That's all you need. Um, and you can kind of go from there. And finally, schedule a regular time each week to review your calendar, your task manager, and your note-taking solution and evaluate what got done that week, what you need to follow up on, and make some plans for the coming week. This is so key. And I mentioned it earlier, but having a regular time to review doesn't need to take a long time, even just 30 minutes or so of review of the what's on your lists. Uh, hey, what did I forget to do? What had to get pushed, you know, deferred to later? Should I move that up the list this week? What appointments do I have coming up next week that I need to prepare for? Just spending this time at a regular time each week, again, even just 30 minutes can make a difference. This is how we make sure things don't slip through the cracks and that we're prepared for what's to come. Sunday afternoons can be a great time to do that unless you have family time on Sundays, but find a time uh, Friday afternoon before you leave work or whenever it's going to be to spend 30 minutes or so scanning your calendar, your task manager, your, your note-taking solution, wherever you've got all this stuff. Look at where things are. Celebrate the wins, the things that you accomplished over the past week and look, take a quick look ahead. What needs to be focused on for the coming week to be ready to manage your time well. So those are a few thoughts that I have. I'd love to know what you think. What are the tools and approaches you use to manage your time and your commitments? I, I'd love to hear what's working for you or, you know, if there's a pain point, something you're struggling with, let's have a conversation about it. Maybe we can help each other out. You can share your questions or thoughts about this in the comment section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 382 or post a comment or question in the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's always a good place to have conversations about this and we can help each other out with ideas about how to manage the, the little unique things about our, our, our days and our weeks and our tasks and all of that. Um, maybe somebody, you've got an idea that can help someone and someone else in the community has a suggestion that could help you with something you're struggling with. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, before we go, one quick word about University of California at Irvine, our sponsor, uh, one great use of your time is improving your knowledge and skills through continuing education, uh, which can help, according to data out there, uh, 
help increase your income, open doors to networking opportunities and better job opportunities and career progression. And that's why I've been so pleased to partner with the University of California at Irvine Division of Continuing Education as a resource for you. They've been serving the lifelong learning and skills development needs of the local, regional, and global community for over 50 years. They offer more than 80 career-focused programs in areas as diverse as business, leadership, technology, education, engineering, health and life sciences, law, finance, and more. Some of their programs can prepare you for uh, to sit for industry certifications or provide continuing education credit that you need toward recertification for certain types of careers. They offer courses on a quarterly basis and no formal application is required to enroll. Enrollment is open to everyone. You learn from instructors who are practicing professionals with extensive relevant industry experience and you can gain practical skills that can be applied immediately on the job. To learn more, definitely visit ce.uci.edu slash learn now. And I will have a link to that in the show notes uh, in case you uh, can't remember that kind of long URL. But it's ce.uci.edu slash learn now to find out what they're offering and how it might help you achieve your goals. And don't forget that Calm is offering that special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription with unlimited access to Calm's entire library. So visit calm.com slash TPW. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash TPW. And thank you so much to UCI and to Calm for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me. I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.